Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Anne Klassen joining us. She is from the podcast Babes, and she helps female-driven entrepreneurs launch and manage a profitable podcast. She also hosts her own show called Digital Nomad Stories. It's about the digital nomad lifestyle, which sounds fantastic. Hello, Anne. Welcome. So glad to have you here today. Hi, Katie. Yeah, great to be here. I'm so excited. Good, good. Hey, so for uh, the benefit of our listeners, could you please just give us some details on on what you do and fill us in a bit on what um, a digital nomad lifestyle looks like? Yes. Um, so yeah, I'll give you an overview of what, what the life looks like nowadays. Um, I travel, slow travel quite a bit. Uh, so that means that at the moment that we're recording this, I'm in Portugal. Uh, we've been here on Madeira Island for about two months. Uh, mm-hmm. But in a few days, we're leaving and ne- next destination will be Colombia. And from Portugal, from Colombia, I also work. Uh, like you said, my company is called The Podcast Babes. And I do all things podcasting every day, (laughs) Um, including hosting my own show. Uh, So it's uh, my own show is interview based. I love talking to other digital nomads, remote workers, entrepreneurs to ask about their lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I do every day. Oh, so fun. So how did you end up getting into this work? Well, to be totally honest, I did not see this big need for another podcast manager. Um, I actually got into this and in starting my business, it was a little bit selfish. Um, (laughs) I studied at university, I studied business and law. I got all my degrees, did all the things. But when I finished all of that, I was burned out. Yeah. My plan was always to become an MA lawyer. I thought I'm going to work at a big law firm, you know, like do the whole suits thing. Right. That was that was that was going to be my life. Mm-hmm. Um but got my degrees and I thought, "Oh my god, I I just don't see myself walking into this office every day." I actually had the dream job lined up. I called them up and I said, "Listen, sorry, but I don't think this is for me." Um so this was a huge step and everyone was yeah. like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm right. not sure, uh, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, so I didn't really have a plan B because I was always very focused on this career path. 
Um, so I looked around a little bit to see, okay, what can I do then? Like, is it going to be more like strategy consulting, uh, still working in an office? And I thought, oh, I just don't see myself working in an office, just like that whole office thing. So as a true millennial, I sold all my stuff, packed my backpack and started traveling Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So I was a backpacker for about five months in Southeast Asia, uh, traveled solo for a bit, traveled with um, friends for like off and on a little bit. I went to Australia. I did a working holiday there and I had some random jobs. Like I worked on a strawberry farm, mm-hmm. super random, but interesting experience. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily do it again, but it was pretty awesome to have that experience. And um Actually, while I was working on that strawberry farm, I had a lot of time to think. I worked there for four months. So it was just four months of me, strawberries, just like mindless work. So that really gave me the time to really think about, okay, what am I going to do next? What do I want? Like, what do I even want to do next? Uh, What's possible? And I always had in the back of my mind, okay, well, someday when I'm older and I have more experience and I don't know, the stars align, I want to start my own business. But I had no idea what that would look like. Um, So while I was picking strawberries, I thought, you know what, I would love to keep traveling. So my first thought was, how can I make sure that I don't have to go home and I can just keep traveling? And then I thought, wait, I know of people who do this. They work online. Okay, how can I work online? Maybe I should just start my own business then. And then I thought, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, there's not really a reason why not to do it now because right. I was in this very, well, probably unique situation. Mm -hmm. that I hope to never experience again, where I had nothing, like I didn't have an apartment, didn't have a job, didn't have a boyfriend or husband or relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I also didn't have money. That was not the greatest thing about this situation, but I also didn't have any commitments. So I thought, okay, I might as well give it a shot. Like there's nothing to lose here. Right. So, um, I started to look around on the internet, as we do. I Googled a lot, read a bunch of blog posts, listened to podcasts, just saw what's what's out there, what other people are doing. And I thought, okay, well, I don't have really uh, any funds to start this business. So it needs to be something that I can do that will get me revenue in the door like quickly because I need to pay bills like I don't have another job lined up I it's it's more that I was wanted to work online right. instead of necessarily like build that business so I thought okay I think my best move here is to become a virtual assistant because it's fully online I can help other people run their business and just learn a lot probably so yeah. I took an online course to become a virtual assistant and in that course um it was awesome by the way like they had a lot of different modules and as a virtual assistant you can do so many different things so I learned in that course that one of the things that you can do is uh, podcast management and when I saw that I was like "Ooh, podcast (laughs) management right 
I never knew that that existed even. I I never realized that there's a whole industry behind these podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. And I looked into it, started playing around, and I thought, this is it. <laughs> I'm sold. Right. Um, so yeah, that's how I slowly started my business. I was a freelance podcast and social media manager. Mm-hmm. And over time, that grew into the podcast babes as it is now. Oh, fantastic. So what does that mean when you, uh, as a, when you work as a podcast manager, like what does that actually look like? Um, as a podcast manager, I, I did everything from the moment the, the episode was recorded. So mm-hmm. my clients would record their episodes solo or with a guest and they would give me the audio files and then I would do audio editing sometimes Mm -hmm. also video editing, uh, copywriting to get the description and any like social media graphics, social media captions, like everything to promote the podcast episode. And then I would also make sure that it actually ends up where it needs to end up. So I would upload it everywhere that needed to go. And um, yeah, that's that's basically what I did. And after a while, I found out that I am good at some of these things, but it's a lot of different skills that you need. Mm-hmm. Like the audio editing is really different from copywriting. And some of these things I'm not that good at. Some of these things I don't really enjoy that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that and some interesting client experiences that I had um, made me realize that I I don't think I'm the perfect freelancer I don't think I'm I'm necessarily a freelancer it's mm-hmm. not it's not really what I enjoy most so mm-hmm. I started to make some changes in my business and uh, hire a small team to help me with all the things that I'm either not good at or that I don't enjoy doing so that mm-hmm. I could really do what I like what I am good at like what I what I just enjoy and um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we were still making changes as all, like we're, it's an ongoing process of making changes and tweaks uh, on what that looks like exactly. But that's still what I do. The, this uh, whole process started like three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what the podcast babes is now. Uh, it's me and a small team. Oh, fantastic. So do you, you work with women? So is it, how do you end up with your clients? Because before you said you were you were a VA, and so I'm assuming it was through uh, channels that way. But now you run your whole your own business on your own. What does that look like? Is it, uh, yeah? Just can you explain that a bit more? Yeah. Well, when I started my business, I also had my own like client my my own client relationships it was not through a platform or anything um I think my first client I got through a Facebook group Mm -hmm. and I think the second one too you know like the first few was mostly Facebook groups or networking things like that now where we find most of our clients is actually Google um I have made sure that I have a nice website with a ton of content on it, um, with all the right keywords. So Google knows what we do. Right. And um, when you Google podcast management services, we are actually, at least at the time that we're recording this, on page one. Um, So to be honest, that's the first, that's the 
biggest channel of how we get clients and then of course like there is our own podcast the podcast is podcast and social media and we have all these things in place to make sure that people can get when they find those in google that they get a really good idea of what we do what we stand for what 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 our values are um yeah so i think that's the main way that people find us nowadays i see so with your clients what do you what do you find when they come to you that they that they are looking for most and how how do you like serving them best oh yeah good question i would say most of our clients they have had a podcast for a while mm-hmm. and they're at that point where they have been producing content and it's kind of that that next question is okay now what like yeah. i have i have this content Mm-hmm. And what do I do now? Like, do I just keep going or like, is this going well? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what we do now, before it was all about producing the content when I started my business, but now it's also about, okay, how can you use this content in your business? How can you grow this podcast? Um, is it important to reach more people? For most podcasters, yes. But for some podcasters, they have an audience there that's that's ready to take a next step with them and they're not doing anything with those people so uh it's not just about growing a podcast but it's also about what do you do with the people who are already there right um so that's that's the stage that our clients are at usually that they have been doing this for a while and they're really looking for the next step yeah so what false beliefs do you think they come to you with when they first show up oh i love this question Every podcaster I that I have ever met thinks that they need a huge audience mm. in order to make money from a podcast. Mm-hmm. And that is just not true. Um, you need a valuable and engaged audience to make money on your podcast. But if you have 10 people listening to an episode, a lot of podcasters who are in that situation they're like yeah but nobody listens to my podcast so how can I monetize this thing well Mm. you have 10 people who listen to your show that's 10 potential clients or 10 potential customers Mm -hmm. and depending what you do that might be an incredibly profitable podcast if you're a coach for example if one of these these 10 people becomes your next coaching client well, great. That is a super profitable podcast. Right. Um, so it's not necessarily all in the numbers, but I also like to take a look at what, what is there already before we start growing this thing. And I think it's very important to have a strategy in place to monetize your podcast before you really go all in on growth, because otherwise you might end up with I've also had a client in the past and she had a huge audience, but she never did anything to monetize her her audience. So it was kind of this, it was almost like this awkward situation where we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Because if we experiment with things and it fails, well, all these people see you fail. So if you have a small audience, they're probably fans are usually highly engaged when it's only a few people and you have a great opportunity to test things out see what works see what doesn't work and then Mm -hmm. once you find the things that work then it's time to scale and grow your podcast yeah 
Do you find that people are nervous about monetizing their podcast or have certain feelings around it that you need to uh, sort of reframe for them? I think a lot of people, they they think it it's not possible uh, for them, at least. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of people think they need a huge audience. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, monetizing a podcast, that's really something that I don't know, like the really big names in the industry do. But that's not for me because, you know, I'm such a small fish in, in a big pond. But mm-hmm. you're actually not as a podcaster, especially when you have a very niche audience, then you're not competing with all podcasters. I would even say there is not that much competition within the podcasting space because you have your own audience and your own niche. And mm-hmm. that is an amazing opportunity. So it is absolutely possible to monetize a podcast, even if you have a small audience. Yeah, wonderful. So I'm assuming this wasn't where you started at the beginning of your business, that it, you evolved to this sort of understanding of how to work within a podcast. What were the challenges you you faced sort of leading up to where you're at now to get to this understanding and level of expertise? Oh my God, where to start? <laughs> um, a lot of challenges. Um, I remember the first few clients that I had, they definitely did not see me as an expert. I mean, I wasn't an expert yet, mm-hmm. but I do think that I, because I was so passionate about podcasting, I knew exactly what was going on in the industry. Yeah. Um, but my first few clients, they definitely did not value me as someone who knows a lot about podcasting even if I was not an expert yet I was highly motivated to become an expert Um, and that also means that I was not treated that well I think that was the first challenge Mm -hmm. I think the first challenge was finding that first client but then the second challenge was how to find clients that actually treat you well and that pay you well and that really see you as a partner in this process Mm -hmm. and in this service that you provide instead of um, an underpaid employee almost Um, so that was definitely a challenge Um, I don't really know how I overcame that honestly I think it's just with the experience you can just show that you know what you're talking about and that just brings other different clients um charging a lot more I think also helps because the people who invest with working in uh, with us now even though we're not the highest of high-end podcast services not at all but still I think I do I do think that we we've hit that price point where people who want to work with us and who are willing to pay this they're invested and they are invested in the process and they really want to work with us because there are people who do this for for a lot less money Mm -hmm. so I think that also um, that makes sure that people who are willing to pay more than the absolute minimum Mm -hmm. they also value you I think Um, so yeah that was a huge challenge but honestly (laughs) a ton of challenges we've also had a time in business where business was extremely slow like so Mm -hmm. slow that uh, I could not really pay the bills for a while (laughs) so that is also that was a scary really scary time honestly 
And the reason was I was I wanted to change um, the services that we offered mm-hmm. to more of a podcast strategy, podcast coaching services, and I couldn't get that off the ground. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't get it off the ground for months, and that was really scary. Uh, so I also had to take a step back and look at, okay, what is it that we do well? What can mm-hmm. I sell? Like, what do I already know that I can sell? And just do that for a while longer and find a different way to also do this strategy part instead of what I did, which was not smart to just like completely stop doing one thing and then come like just straight at the next thing. Um, That's definitely a big learning that I had that there can be an overlap you know you can just like see what works and what doesn't work and it doesn't have to be black and white there is a big gray area and testing phase experiment um yeah that that's been that's been a huge learning oh yeah there's so much value that comes from these things that we can look back on and go oh I would have done that differently but but you don't know until you do it. And it, what I'm seeing is each time you've made like a really brave choice um, over and over and over again. And so with that, what do you think, what has caused you to make the, ba- the brave choice and how have you managed yourself during the brave choice? If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that feeling of having nothing to lose made a brave choice relatively easy. Um, I could imagine that if I would have um, a job that I liked at least, that maybe I would have made different choices. But in my case, it felt like all or nothing because I would just, I did not want to go home. I did not want to work in an office for someone else. So Mm -hmm. I, I kind of told myself like this, this is it. You, you got to make this work. <laughs> um, and it, I think also that uh, idea of traveling while working that really got me through it. And it has not always been pretty. I mean, I've had many breakdowns. Um, so I don't want to say like, oh, okay. I just thought about travel and that that was worth it and then that was it no I mean there has been a lot of stress that was part of this journey to where I came so to where I am now Um, but I do think that bigger goal of this lifestyle that I really saw for myself and that I really wanted to live that made it I don't know. I don't know if I want to say worth it, but that at least <laughs> kept me going. <laughs> right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh man. So today, what does it look like for you now? Because the challenges that you faced when you were beginning, I know they, the challenges tend to evolve with us. So as we grow and expand, um, they don't always go away. It might look like we don't have any, but we all do. So what does that look like for you today? Right now, I am having trouble scaling the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question that came up at some point was, do I want to scale this business? 
Right. <laughs> because I started scaling the business and that was maybe not as much fun as I thought it would be. Right. Um, because it is, as I mean, it makes sense when I say it now, but it is dif- uh, difficult to work with clients in the same way when you work with more clients. Like I cannot have that personal touch working with clients I cannot stay in contact with every single client when it's dozens of them Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the situation where I was at at some point and I wasn't really enjoying it anymore I do think that I'm uh, which is also my background like going to business school they basically teach you how to be a manager and I did enjoy that I I do enjoy being a manager. So I enjoy managing my team, myself, my clients. Um, But I did feel like it was the work that I was doing was quite maybe shallow. Uh, It was not, I didn't really have that deep connection with clients anymore that I had in the past. And it made me realize that that was actually really important for me. Mm -hmm. So I I decided to scale uh, down. Um, I didn't I decided you know what I would rather work with a few clients and do really good work feel Mm -hmm. very proud of this work have a deep connection with these clients and an ongoing relationship instead of kind of working with dozens of clients but like not really right Um, so I changed the goal actually of what we're working towards we're not scaling up anymore Mm -hmm. we I want to move into more of a boutique agency Mm -hmm. where we can have a lot of attention for every single client Mm -hmm. because we have now we have a maximum amount of clients and before it felt almost like we had a minimum amount of clients like more is better but now I'm at I I mean, not that this is for everyone, of course, like for other people, this might be completely different. But for me, I think it works way better to have a maximum amount of clients. And that also means that I ha- I gave myself permission to let clients go that I either did not enjoy working with anymore mm-hmm. or who just don't pay enough compared to what other clients pay like people who we've been working with for a really long time Mm -hmm. who are kind of grandfathered into new features of our services without paying for them Mm -hmm. um at some point that's just not sustainable anymore and Mm -hmm. that's also okay if you just end that or like end that not and the working relationship because you still have a relationship but um and that contract uh you can do that on in a really nice way you know Mm -hmm. with a transition period and helping them find someone who can do who can offer what you cannot offer anymore uh, or Mm -hmm. at least for the price point that you cannot offer it anymore um so yeah this has been really interesting just i've i've um gone through a stage of asking myself a lot what do you want (laughs) not (laughs) what does everyone else want or Mm -hmm. what's popular or what what Mm -hmm. we kind of like should do as business owners but what do I actually want um so yeah that's that's what we're working on now is to make it more of a 
lifestyle business. I always think that's such an interesting um, way to call businesses uh, a lifestyle business, but I think it's honestly the only way to make it a lifestyle business because what's more important than the lifestyle? Oh, exactly. And maybe we can speak about that a little bit. Could you explain what you mean by want to make this a lifestyle? Like I, I get it because um, there is, I, I work the same way, but maybe there's those, there's those that can't quite comprehend um, how you weave in the two, what you're doing along with your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I think what I've, what I was working towards just growing the business more and more and more and bigger and more clients, more money, more everything, uh, yeah. bigger team. Um, it was not necessarily beneficial for my lifestyle anymore because it was stressful mm -hmm. because it's still as a business owner, it's, it's still your business. It's still your responsibility. And even though I am not my business, um, that's also something that I learned a few years ago. Like when I started, it was like, oh my God, if this business fails, then I'm a failure. You know, if, if this business is doing well, then I'm doing well. And yeah. I, I, I'm tr I try to separate the two as in myself and the business as much as I can. Not perfect yeah. at that, but I do think that's important. But um, I think... What it looks like now, I look at, okay, how much do I want to work and how many different projects do I want to work on to make sure that I'm not stressed, that I can actually enjoy the location where I'm in. Um, like we talked about at the start, I, I like to travel. That's that's actually the whole reason why I started a business in the first place. Right. So it's actually... It was actually a little bit weird when you think about it like that, that I was spending so much time staring at my computer screen, managing all these things, being stressed. And then mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I was like, well, is it finally time the Netflix? Um, and now I work with less clients. Um, mm -hmm. And that makes it, I also get so many less emails. <laughs> that That's also such a big thing. Like every time I open my email, like my inbox, I was like, oh my God, I need to answer all of these emails like but like everyone needed something right now less clients smaller team I don't get nearly as many emails so I don't spend as much time in my inbox I don't spend as, as much time on calls mm -hmm. and that means I have more time to do other things which is like you said that's the whole point why would you be in another country for a um you know you're there for an extended period of time but you don't it's not permanently if you can't go and experience it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was the situation where I was in at least like, I think being in a location and like having the time to experience it, but also having the mental space um, to really experience it, to be right. present while experiencing it and not like taking a look at my I'm a watch every five minutes like oh can I go back because I might get an email that I need to reply in it too, you know? like, <laughs> that's um yeah that's a huge change oh amazing well 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Anne, for your time and for sharing with our audience today what, what you do, but also um, giving them a glimpse of what it is like to actually be a digital nomad and that it is possible. So if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, if you want to learn more about podcasting, then thepodcastbabe.com is the place to go. You can find our own podcast about podcasting there. Um, and if you are interested in the digital nomad lifestyle and what that looks like, you can go to digitalnomadstories.co. And there you can find all the interviews we've done with other digital nomads about the lifestyle, about finding work-life balance while being abroad, traveling, uh, remote work, how to stay productive while on the road, things like that. I'm super excited about these, as you can probably yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, so awesome. that's that's where you can uh, also see how you can get in touch if you if you have any questions or if you want to chat. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. This was awesome. Oh, great. Bye now. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.